The New Jersey Devils head into Toronto with a 10-game win streak. Are they going to extend it to 11, or are the Toronto Maple Leafs going to spoil the party? We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils and Locked on Leafs crossover. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. scores! Oh, Steven stepped up, nailed him. Rodora's got the puck. What a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup. All right, as uh, we mentioned before, we are now going to be joined by Trey Matthews, the host of Locked On Devils with Toronto taking on the New Jersey Devils tonight. A team that is red hot rolling winners of 10 in a row. To use the words of Jack, uh, Jack Hughes is they're on a heater right now is what he's talking about. Uh, Trey, first and foremost, what's going on? How you enjoying your boys going out there and really just taking care of business night in, night out? You know, Mikey, uh, it's really some sort of phenomenon in Newark, New Jersey. The New Jersey Devils, like you just said, winners of 10 straight. And just to add on to what you said about Jack Hughes and being on a nine-game heater, I love Jack Hughes and all. I I love what he does on the rink. But interviews are not really his forte. He's not really a a reporter kind of person. Oh, I loved it. I loved it, honestly. Like someone's trying to pick apart their game, and he's like, I think we're doing all right. We're on a nine-game heater since then, 10 games in a row that went over Montreal. I, I, I personally was a fan of that comment. Yeah, he's he's kind of awkward in interviews, but he, he is just – he is inadvertently one of the funniest guys on the team. But going back to the New Jersey Devils, I certainly did not anticipate for them to be this good. I was saying fringe playoff team because – the ultimate goal for the New Jersey Devils going into the season was, and this might confuse some of the audience, so I'll clarify momentarily, but it was to either get 90-plus points as a team or make it to the wild card. So what do I mean by that? Well, there were a, a few projections out there saying that the New Jersey Devils were going to get like 90 or so points at the end of the year, but somehow, some way, they were still going to miss the playoffs because people were projecting for the Metro to just be a very tough division. And um, or the New Jersey Devils will find a way to make the wild card. So uh, if anyone needs that sort of clarification, but I think the New Jersey Devils, they are certainly legitimate. I don't know how much longer this win streak can last. I said it in my previous episode that if the New Jersey Devils won double digits in a row, I'm completely satisfied with that. And whatever happens afterwards happens. But uh, 10 games in a row, it's very impressive. But I do want to give you know credit to you guys because you guys are also on a mini win streak yourselves. You've won two in a row. You have an overall record of five, two, and three. And you guys have had some tough losses, but it seems like you guys are starting to rebound a little bit more. Are you concerned, though, at all, Trey, about the Devils being on such a heater so early in the season? Because we've seen teams go on, like, really impressive runs and then sort of, like, run out of gas at the wrong time of the season, and then it kind of trickles off. Or kind of happening to Buffalo right now. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Like Buffalo, well, yeah, Buffalo is is a team I bring up. Uh, like we've seen it throughout the years, but is that a concern at all for for you with this group? Oh, no doubt. And it's it's funny you mentioned that, David, because when I was on Locked On Senators podcast, when we were on like a six or seven game win streak, I said that I'm being very conservative about how good the New Jersey Devils are. So 
I'm not going to do a full fledged episode as to whether or not they're legitimate uh, cup contenders. I'm not going to like talk about the playoffs at this point, but it's because the New Jersey Devils are definitely in a good position, but by no means is the battle over. So yes, they've won 10 in a row. Yes. They were per- their first in the Metro at this very current state, but the example that I use, and I'm not trying to be pessimistic towards devils fans. I'm just trying to be somewhat realistic. I go back to the 2017 and 2018 year campaign in which the New Jersey Devils were first in the Metro during that season in the month of December. And then as the season progressed, they barely made it into the wild card position. And then they got uh, knocked out in the first round by the Tampa Bay Lightning in five games. So that's one of the things I always just try to um, just preach, which is we are hot right now. It's great. And we're definitely, and these points do add up towards the end of the year. I think the New Jersey Devils are in a decent position to, make it to the playoffs because usually at around this time you start to see who are the true contenders for a playoff spot and you start to see some teams fizzle out. So you start to see the Philadelphia Flyers in the Metro. They got off to a good start, but they're, they're starting to fizzle on down. I said that the Columbus Blue Jackets, they're one of the youngest teams in the NHL. I projected for the Columbus Blue Jackets to honestly get off to a much better start and since they had Johnny Goodrow, but I said that they were going to fizzle out as the season progressed. And you just mentioned Buffalo. But yeah, so I, I totally get it. I And you're absolutely right. And I saw some sort of pie chart saying that the New Jersey Devils uh, had like a 90% chance of making it to the playoffs. But at the same time, it's just like it's still very early in the season. Um, and from here on out, and I talked to one of my uh, fellow Devils personalities. He goes by the Brat Pack. He basically has a Twitter cult and – uh, I'll, I'll actually tell you guys about it later on in the episode, but um, all the New Jersey Devils have to do from here on out is just play 500 hockey. That that's If they are able to do that and just play somewhat decent as the season progresses, they're going to be just fine. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Devils are a real solid squad. Like, I think they're just playing some some really good hockey. As you noted, they're won 10 in a row. They're 13-3, and 6-1 and one on the road. Um, they're coming in on fire, and you know, I'm just looking at, at exactly who's scoring. It seems like it's been a little bit of a, a committee-based scoring system for the New Jersey Devils. Obviously, Jesper Bratt has been a big story early on in the season. He's got 21 points through 16 games. we got Jack Hughes operating at over a point per game, say with Nico Heischer. You know, you've got Miles Wood with six goals. Dawson Mercer's out there putting pucks in the back of the net. I mean, how big has it been for the Devils this year? Um, and just their forward depth that's been leading the charge here, uh, considering they've been one of the, the hottest and you know best goal-scoring teams in the league. Well, it, it's definitely a collective team effort, but while we're just focusing on the forwards, Nico Heischer is the MVP of this team in my eyes. I know Jack Hughes is the franchise player. I know Jesper Bratt is the, it has all the stats to back it up, but Nico Heischer, just what he's been able to do, he went on a – uh, like a seven-game point streak not too long ago. I, I lost count. He, he didn't register a point in the last game, so unfortunately it did get snapped. But Nico Keisher just coming up in clutch moments, giving the New Jersey Devils big goals, and just overall being the leader of this team. And he's creating for not only himself, but he's creating for others. So I'm not sure if you guys watch basketball, but it's similar to like a dominant player going down the lane, and then what do they do? They pass it to a three-point specialist, who's wide open because this star player is attracting all the attention. 
that's sort of what Nico Heischers has have, has been doing, which is he just uses his speed to his advantage. He gets deep on into the offensive zone, and he's able to just find the open man. And he's also a great two-way player, so he he definitely holds his weight on the defensive side of things, and the Devils definitely rely on that in, in that sort of way. So I don't think it would be out of the ordinary until you see Nico Heischer uh, be in the running for the Selkie Award at some point. Ooh, the Selkie. That's a that's an interesting uh, interesting little nugget there. The one thing that I am curious about, and New Jersey kind of revamped their goaltending over the course of the offseason. They went out and got Vitek Vanacek to partner up with Mackenzie Blackwood, who right now I believe is still injured, if I'm not mistaken. So he won't be part of the game. Um, but but how, where do you sit with the goaltending right now? I know that the team has outscored a lot of those issues to this point. Is the goaltending stable enough, you think, for this squad to be legitimate contenders this year? Uh, see, this is the part where I say the New Jersey Devils are very vulnerable because Mackenzie Blackwood is out for an extended period of time because he has – I forget what it was. I think it's a – a uh, strained uh, hamstring or something like that. So something like that. Well, two seconds. Yeah. I I really should know that, but it's been, it's been a minute since I mentioned Mackenzie Blackwood, but the injury. MCL sprain. There we go. MCL sprain. So he's, he's out from anywhere from three to six weeks. So he's out for an extended period of time, but VTech Vanacek has been way better than, a lot of people have anticipated just because I, when we first acquired him at uh, during the NHL draft, I was just like, okay. And and you guys are very familiar with my silly season type of episodes during the course of the off season. I actually did do a silly season episode in which I said that maybe the New Jersey Devils should go after Vitek Vanacek because he's a solid goalie. He might, he's a restricted free agent. So it would have to be done via a trade, but it might come at a cheap penny and all the New Jersey Devils had to do was just give up a late draft pick for his services. And he's been head and head above shoulders what the New Jersey Devils have been looking for. But he's still relatively young. He's only been in the league for a few years. So I was a little I had my concerns there. But he he comes up big, whether it's period number one or period number three. Vitek Vanacek always makes key saves when it matters most for New Jersey Devils. So some ideas that come to mind was our last game against the Montreal Canadiens. The Canadians got 15 shots on goal in period number one. It really should have been a two nothing or a three nothing game, but uh, Vitek Vanacek was standing tall in between the pipes and making those big saves or as uh, a few other games, as the game is very close into crunch time, Vitek Vanacek doing the same thing. So it doesn't matter if it's period number one or period number three, Vitek Vanacek is standing tall, but to answer your question, is it strong enough for New Jersey Devils to compete and you know become contenders? I don't. I can't really tell you at this point because here's a name that I'm going to throw out there that you guys probably haven't heard in a while. It's Jonathan Bernier. So Jonathan Bernier was actually supposed to return at around American Thanksgiving time, and we're just a week away from that. Unfortunately, he recently revealed to the press that he suffered sort of a setback injury during training camp. So he doesn't even know when his timeline uh, is going to be for him to return. So we don't have Jonathan Bernier. We have Akira Schmid uh, as our backup goalie for right now. He got his first career win against the Ottawa Senators when he had to replace Vitek Vanacek due to a head injury. So, and and it's one of the things I said, like the New Jersey Devils are very vulnerable at that position because we're missing Mackenzie Blackwood and he's prone to get hurt at times. And, Jonathan Bernier, we have no idea when he's returning. He, he could return come January, or he might not even return at all. 
that's a concern right there. But overall, it's just like VTech Manchek has been doing a great job so far. Uh, I just focus on that and we'll see what happens as the season progresses. But uh, yeah, I, I believe one of the vulnerable positions for New Jersey Devils is the goalie position. You listen to the Locked On Leafs and Locked On Devils crossover show. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. We're your host of Locked On Leafs. Trey Matthews, the host of Locked On Devils. We'll continue this chat in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors, and that's BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball, hockey, soccer, we got it all covered, all at BetOnline.net. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online. It's where the game starts. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs, Locked On Devils crossover show. The two squads will be taking on each other tonight in Toronto. You got the Maple Leafs who've won a couple in a row here against the Devils who've won 10 games in a row, uh, I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morrissey, Trey Matthews, the host of Locked on Devils with us today. Um, so, Trey, before we kind of get into, I guess, the least perspective of things, I am curious to to hear from your perspective. Like, what do the Devils need to do tonight to ensure they keep that winning streak going and get their 11th straight tonight? Uh, they cannot get off to a slow start in period number one because uh, there's been a couple times, a couple games that come to mind are – the Vancouver Canucks game, and also uh, I just recently said the Montreal Canadiens game, which the New Jersey Devils, they don't play a good first period. And quite honestly, those scores should have been like two or three nothing uh, as soon as period number one ended. But I said like Vitek Vanacek comes up big or John Marino on the defensive side of things, able to make uh, a great defensive uh, a stop or help out Vitek Vanacek in that sort of way. But the key for New Jersey Devils is that you cannot – uh, allow for the Toronto Maple Leafs to get hot in period number one and get so many shots on goal because it's one of the things I'm actually a little concerned going into this game because I'm actually, I don't, like I said, I don't know how much longer this win streak can last and the Devils are going to lose at some point. Um, I, and I think you guys can definitely give us a good run for the Devils' money just because you, you guys are kind of on a, a little win streak. You guys have actually, been winning more of late seems like you guys are picking it up a little bit more but yeah that's my that's where my overall stance is which is the New Jersey Devils they got to be dominant from start to finish and if you are trailing similar to what you did against the Edmonton Oilers you got to keep it close and you got to score your goals when it matters most um and, and yeah like the, the Leafs have won a couple of games here in a row and they've somewhat switched up their lineup they've had some lineup adjustments if if you're um, Devils fans aren't uh, watching closely what's going on. They have split up Matthews and Marner, so they're on separate lines. And Dave, I do want to get your thoughts because um, this is going to continue after a big, big night the other night against. Um, uh, why am I blanking here? Who did they just Pittsburgh beat? Pittsburgh, thank you. My who they beat last night? Oh yeah, you Crosby know, the Penguins. The Devils I, got I got you. I got you right there because I blanked on Mackenzie Blackwood's injury. You blanked on the last team you played for, so now we're even. There you go. Now we're even. That's right. That's teamwork here with the locked on, uh, locked on NHL network. Um, do you like the fact that they're going to keep these guys apart for a little bit? Did you like what you saw and hopefully continues in, in New Jersey, Dave? Well, yeah, I think when you look at the Devils, they've been doing very well 
just up and down the board, right? So you're going to have to have your best lineup out there. And I, I don't know if having – and I can't believe I'm saying this, but right now having Matthews and Marner together doesn't seem like the best lineup for the Leafs. And it, it, it could eventually return to that at some point, but I just feel like there's just something amiss with that with that duo. I don't know what exactly it is. Maybe they're – Maybe maybe Tavares really wants to play with Marner, and Marner just put himself in a position where he's like, "Okay, okay, we'll get. I'll get myself put on that line. We'll do that." I don't know. We'll, okay, it's, I'm sorry. okay, so I just want to butt in a little bit. This is what I've been preaching for the Devils too, which is don't be too top heavy. Spread out your best players a little bit more, so that way you have more options up and down the lineup. Because the Devils made some interesting line changes before the start of period number two. Uh, in the last game against the Montreal Canadiens, and actually worked out. Jesper Bratt was playing on the bottom six to try to get Sharon Govich and Boquist going a little bit more. And it kind of worked, and Hughes was paired alongside Halla and Mercer on the second line. So, you know, you're spreading out your offensive weapons a little bit more. And I think splitting up Martyr and, 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 Ma- and Matthews in that, sort of, uh, in that sort of scenario, I think that could actually work really well for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I... I'm a big fan of just not being too top heavy on your specific team. Yeah, I, I think it, it spreads out the scoring to your point. And it also, um, you know, it, it'll make the New Jersey Devils have to decide which one do they want to attack? Which one do they want to try and shut down? And do they have two lines that can really shut down two effective lines like a Marner Tavares and a Nylander Matthews pairing? There's not a whole lot of teams out there that can. Pittsburgh had some troubles with it the other night. Um, so I, I'm excited to see how that kind of unfolds. And, I mean, I, I think ultimately, too, I don't – like, they just weren't playing as well together, right? Their, their, their scoring chances were down. Their goals against were up. Their goals for were down significantly uh, with Martin and Matthews out there together. So I think just a little bit of time apart – we know there's great chemistry already with Tavares and, and Marner and then also Nylander and, and, and Matthews have some really good chemistry as well. I think that this is uh, something that could work in the short term. Eventually, they'll probably get reunited, I would assume. And then they can get it back going uh, a little bit later on in the season. Um, Trey, I guess we'll, we'll give you a chance to, to ask us some questions since, you know, your listeners might be interested to, to see, you know, from a Maple Leafs perspective, how we're viewing this game. So I'll kind of give you the floor. And uh, you can ask away whatever you want. Okay, so the big question I have for you, it involves a little bit of a silly season type of circumstance during the regular season. But I remember you basically sent this message out to other locked on hosts because the Maple Leafs were kind of getting off. I I got to ask. I'm curious. (laughs) I just got to ask. I'm doing my job. Doing my job. Okay, so. Okay, 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 okay. So here it. Here it is. So early on in the season, you guys were struggling and you did say like, hey, give me your best trade package for Mitchell Marner. Now you guys have <laughs> I said that they came out of my head, my mouth, my typing, my fingers. Yes. Yes. Oh, and I got, okay. the, I got the receipts. <laughs> I, OK, I, I remember. <laughs> OK, I, I'm, I'm just asking. OK, because I'm curious. It doesn't have to revolve around Mitchell Marner. But what's the status of your team? Because. I remember we did a silly season crossover during the course of the offseason in which you were offering me a trade package that involved William Nylander and the second overall pick. So I got to ask, like, what's the direction for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Are you guys still trying to, 
you know, make it out respectfully? Are you trying to still make it out of the first round of the playoffs? Or is it pretty much you got to start over? Because one of the things I said during the course of the offseason about the Toronto Maple Leafs is that that window is getting shorter and shorter and shorter to compete. And you might, and you seriously might have to start thinking about maybe just trading away big pieces to start over just a tad bit. Well, they're not there yet, right? They're definitely not there yet. I think we've been talking that there's, uh, it's being deemed as the Matthews doomsday device, uh, doomsday clock, because his contract's up in two years, like after next summer. Um, and before that, they're like, that's their window to win. Like right now, this is their window to win right now. They're in no but means right to strip it down and start the rebuild or retool. Um, if anything, they'll probably look to add to this team and try and move out some more futures, draft picks, prospects, whatever it is to try and add to this club to add to your point, try and get out of the first round since the first time since 2004, but more so make a long Stanley cup run. Cause that's what this team wants to do in the next couple of seasons is make that cup run. There's a lot on the line for uh, this organization this year in particular, if things go south this year, then yeah, they probably will be some conversations about taking a step back and, and reevaluating things. But this season in particular and coming into it over the next six months, it's 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 must win time now for the Maple Leafs. So that that would be the approach that I think Toronto is taking here through the, the, the rest of the season. I really do think Mike was in a, a particular zone when he sent out that message. Well, but, I don't know how serious the message was. Also, let's make that clear for our listeners. I think it was after they like it was. I think it was after the California road trip, and I was like, anyone want to trade for Mitch Marner as like a joke? But uh, yeah, semi joke. I mean, look, I'm, a lot of silly season. Season. That's the point. That's the point of silly season. It's not meant to be taken seriously. It's meant to be fun. Well, you know, some some of the people on this podcast, you watch, you go watch the comments down below, and they'll be like, "He wanted to trade Marner. Oh, what a terrible! He doesn't even know hockey." We're gonna get those comments. Commenting, oh yes, finally somebody else that wants to trade Mitch Marner. Yeah, (laughs) but yeah, no, the Leafs aren't in that position right now. But you don't make it out of the out of the first round this year. I I can't see how this team doesn't make any changes because. They've been preaching patience. They've been preaching to stick to the plan. Well, if the plan keeps failing, the plan isn't working. So something has to give. What I will say, though, is one candidate that constantly was thrown into the trade uh, idea with the least was John Tavares. And he's been far. I'm not hearing a lot of that chatter right now. I will say that. So, Trey, keep away from John Tavares. He's sticking around. He's, He's been electric to start the season. He's had a bit of a renaissance start this year over a point per game leading the team with nine goals he's been solid solid so far this season i'd say arguably and this is why i have respect to the leafs organization i'd say like on paper you guys are one of the best canadian teams because you got matthews you got marner you got tavares you got um right you got uh, uh riley you know you got and I'm, i know i'm missing somebody but it, oh nylander nylander yeah nylander too so it's just like I'd say on paper, you guys definitely have the assets. You have more great assets than the average team. You just I I I I'm not a coach or anything, and obviously you know I'm I'm not you guys, so I don't like watch the Leafs like consistently. But you know I I just say like you guys have the pieces to like just do a little bit better, and I think that's the no duh kind of thing. But it's just like but you know it's just like I say on paper the Leafs are 
one of the better Canadian teams out there. Now, I do have a I, – I, speaking of production, I do have a question in terms of offense. So we know what Marner can do. We know what Matthews can do. We know what a few other guys can do. But you guys are still kind of mediocre when it comes to scoring goals. So your goals for uh, over gameplay is uh, 2.94, which ranks 20th in the entire league. However, your defense is pretty solid. That's in the top 10 for goals against. So – where, where does the offense generate uh, outside of your, your big-name players? Where, who's going to give that production? Because for the Devils, it's the BMW line of Wood, McLeod, and Bastion. Have you never heard of the name Gino Malgin, Trey? <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Malgin. Well, I, you know, I, I, like in, in serious, that's, that has been something that the Leafs are still tinkering with. I think ultimately it's going to have to be someone like a Nick Robertson whether it's, you know, I, I think he's he's going to be a key to the puzzle at some point this season. You know, Dennis Malgan has brought, made that fourth line respectable. They're, they're actually pretty good offensively because a lot of teams pay too much attention to the top six. And then the fourth line, they do they do a good job of generating offensive pressure and offensive chances. But yeah, that like guys like Pierre Engvall, who Mike used to have a man crush on, but now no longer does if you listen to our last episode. He's someone yeah, that has now to Jordy Ben. I now have a man crush on on the lumberjack Jordy Ben. Yeah. So um, yeah, there it is true that this is something that the Leafs are going to need come playoff time because the goals do get harder to to come by in the postseason. And guys like Engvall, Robertson, Malgin, or they might or that player. I mean, the, the guys who I'm looking at, the, the guys who I'm looking at, to be honest with you, Dave. Um, you know, I'm still looking at the big boys. Like the reason why they're almost scoring 2.8 goals per game is because Austin Matthews is still sitting at two goals at five on five. He's still sitting with a 9% shooting percentage when his career average is 16. Like I'm still waiting on those big boys to start scoring. The, the depth has actually provided a little bit of scoring here and there, but it's been the, 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 the main catalyst that have not been getting it going. And we finally saw, a bit of an eruption against Pittsburgh the other night, right? All five goals that they scored the other night, Trey, were scored by the big five um, goal scorers on that team, which is one by Nylander, two by Bunting, one by Marner, one by Tavares. If those guys can get it going all together, um, and obviously we all know that Matthews is eventually going to factor in here. He's not going to be a a sub-10 shooting percentage type of player. And then after that, you know, Kerfoot can jump in with a little bit of offense. I'm still waiting to get a little bit more out of Cali Yarncroft. Um, Dennis Mulgan, you did mention, is a guy who can provide a little bit more offense. The the blue line, there's not like a Dougie Hamilton-esque player on that blue line in Toronto. Like Morgan Riley's a good puck distributor and a good puck mover, but he's not he doesn't have the cannon to rip rip it from the point and score. So they do struggle when it comes to getting some secondary scoring or tertiary scoring from the blue line. But ultimately, Trey, you ask why is this team in the bottom third in goals per game this year? It's because the big boys haven't actually been scoring at the rate that they're typically used to, not necessarily the depth. And once that changes, once that that goal barrage comes, I really think this team is going to start winning a lot more games once they start scoring four or five goals a game like they did a year ago. All right. So – I want my question, and this falls into me too. I want to hear some predictions for the game. <laughs> mm. 
Oh, man. Well, it looks like Toronto's favored in the game tonight, actually. Funny enough, Seriously? the home squad. Yeah, they're favored to win. T- and, uh, yeah, they're favored to win tonight. Like, minus 150, too. So, it's actually, like, a decent, decently favored. And for a team that's coming in with 10 straight wins in New Jersey, it's a little bit of a, little bit of a slap in the face to, to, uh, to Devils fans there. But I think that, honestly, Trey, I do think that they're – win streak stops tonight. I think the Maple Leafs, they figured out a formula that works for their team the other night in Pittsburgh. They finally have a goaltender who seemingly is healthy finally and can play a, a sound game. And I think he'll be able to do that. Um, in, in Matt Murray, you had the big boys start to erupt. Can that continue into this game tonight? Ultimately, it's going to come down to, you know, limiting, I think, the speed of, the New Jersey Devils, like that's a quick team, and that's a team that likes to get on the on the offensive pretty quickly. Their transition game is unreal through the neutral zone. They have a lot of speed, so Toronto's going to have to play on top of them, be on top of pucks, and just play a sound game. Like I, I if they get into a track meet here, I don't know if that's going to be necessarily their best bet to win this thing. I think if they can try and grind out like a a, a three two three one. Um, game maybe 4-2 with an empty netter. That would be the least best-case scenario for tonight's game. Um, and I think that they can execute that. I really do. So that's that's going to be kind of my prediction for tonight. And Austin Matthews gets his third 5-on-5 five five goal of the season in tonight's game as well. Yeah, these these it's it's weird because I, I feel like the Leafs play well against New Jersey at home. It's, it's like that's a team – like I remember the last time uh, – it was like they wore those Bieber jerseys. I think was the last time the Leafs played. Yeah, last March. Yeah, March twenty third. They won three two. Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking it's going to be a close game because the De- you know Devils are going to want to keep that streak alive. I think it's going to be like a four two Leafs. So I think there's going to be an empty netter in this game. Um, also, but- Toronto's won eight straight games, eight straight meetings between these two clubs too. Like they're uh, they crush the devils uh, every year. But to your point, Trey, this is a different devils team and they present a massive challenge that the devils haven't really given them in the last four or five years. Okay. So I'm a little torn like you, because you know, I, I know the Leafs. you, you guys didn't get off to the start. You wanted to, but these next three games for the devils, they got you guys, they got the senators and then they got the Oilers. Now I've been saying in my show, I think the Devils will win against Senators, but in terms of the Oilers or Leafs, I think they're going to drop one of those games. Now, which team is it going to be? Is it going to be the Leafs or is it going to be the Oilers? I'm going to say uh, I, 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 my, my fans are probably going to uh, kill me for saying this, and I, I hope I eat my words, but <laughs> I think you're right. I think the win streak stops here for New Jersey Devils because h- how they've been playing in the first period – especially on the road, you cannot uh, have that against a team of the Leafs caliber because you know the Leafs are going to be looking at the Devils as a way to, get, like you said, get some of the, their big guys going. So I, it's been a good run, and I know the New Jersey Devils, you know, they, they've won 10 straight games. It's been very exciting. I said once they reach double-digit wins, whatever happens, happens. But I, I'm going to make the prediction saying that the New Jersey Devils will lose against you guys, win against the Senators, and then they'll uh, come away with, I guess, would it be considered an upset if they beat the Edmonton Oilers because they we've beaten them before? Yeah. But um, I, 
do want you guys to know, don't sleep on John Marino and his overall defensive uh, efforts. Oh, I'm not, man. That was a steal of a trade by the Devils this summer. Steal of a trade because Ty Smith ain't, ain't been it out in Pittsburgh. Uh, he's in a, uh, he's in the AHL. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like he ain't been it. Like, yeah, so he, so no, no, he's, he he's there. Yeah. Low light Ty Smith as I like to call it, but um, yeah. So don't sleep on John Marino. Don't sleep on the BMW line. Like I said, Bastion McLeod and wood, they put up some solid production. Um, So the score, I'm going to say three to one, you guys get an empty netter goal. And uh, you think low scoring as well. I the devils always keep it like within striking distance. That's the thing. So uh, we've kind of moved away from the five, two losses. And obviously that six, three loss against Washington capitals in which the advanced analytics showed that the devil should have won the game, but they didn't, but Mackenzie Blackwood, unfortunately didn't have his best game in between the pipes and the defense in front of him didn't help as well. So I got guys, my fans, you know that the Devils have to lose at some points. You know, we, we can't win all games in a row and it's been exciting. But uh, the one thing I will say is like the Leafs, the Senators, the Oilers, I'd say the Senators, if you want, if I would say that's our best bet of a quote unquote guaranteed win. I'm 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 just speaking because I just got to uh I just got to say this, but I'd say the Senators one is the one we can win with ease. And then between the Leafs and Oilers, it's really a coin flip. But I'd say we're gonna drop one of those games. Yeah, I think it's you know that that probably would constitute either way as a as a really good road trip, regardless who you how it kind of goes. I mean the teams won 10 games in a row. They are uh they're cooking right now they're on a heat i just want to say i i think the stat is correct but the new jersey devils are six and oh when playing against canadian teams on the road so i'm just putting that out there well that would make sense i mean they've only lost three games i suppose that would make sense that they've uh done a really good job against canadian teams but they haven't been into toronto yet and toronto's done pretty well at home um their home record right now they're sitting at six two and one so They've been all right themselves uh, at Scotiabank Arena, which is where that game's going to be played tomorrow night. Puck drop at 7 o'clock. Uh, that'll do it for us here. Trey, really appreciate you taking the time to to join us. It's always fun to be able to get together and do a little crossover podcast whenever our two clubs meet. Always a pleasure, guys, and uh, may the better team win. Definitely. All right, and then we'll do uh, top and tail after. <laughs>